This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Friend, I've spent the last nine broadcasts expounding upon the nine gifts of the Spirit, and I hope you've learned something about the gifts in our time together. I thought it would be a good idea now to share some of my personal experiences down the years whilst operating in the gifts of healing particularly, because testimonies are so powerful. What I'm about to share with you are actual accounts of times when the Lord has moved in my life, and I never take these for granted, friend. I will also say up front that I never intended to be utilized by any gift. I simply went about my business in faith and took advantage of the opportunities presented to me. Now my old pastor John Osteen would instill into his congregation that every man and woman who's been saved by the blood of Jesus is a minister of the gospel. Consequently, we should all be aware of times when God desires us to move on his behalf. I also believe that after hearing these testimonies today, God is going to challenge you to step out in faith in the area of healing, my friend. I must point out that all fivefold ministers are given to the body of Christ to equip the saints. And it's the saints, friend, not the ministerial offices, who are God's primary choice for moving according to his will, because we outnumber those offices. It's you, friend, who's been called to administer healing, deliverance, and freedom to the people God puts in your path. There are no spectators in God's kingdom, only participators, and it may be uncomfortable to hear this, but unfortunately we've embraced this syndrome in the church where we just sit on our tush for a couple of hours and get fed till next week without any thought for God's desire to share the gospel with our colleagues, friends, or family when the opportunity arises. Friend, it's important to mention that we don't seek to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit either, but we simply move in faith, and the gifts of the Spirit are administered by the Holy Spirit as He wills them. We simply believe God and let Him decide if we're going to operate in a gift of healing or a working of miracles, etc. We don't concern ourselves with these trivialities. We just move boldly ahead in faith when God prompts us. Let's look at that scripture I was talking about, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, regarding the ministry offices. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Friend, God is equipping the saints, that's you, through people in offices like me, a pastor or whomever. So you will be ready when God asks you to move by faith. So let me begin now with the first testimony of how God has used me in the past. I have a dear friend from Stafford, Texas, called Dolores. Now, I befriended this lady and her wonderful husband, Raul, who is a godly man whilst living in Houston, Texas in the early 2000s. Anyway, when I mentioned in a previous broadcast of the time when I prayed for the lady with a brain tumor at a nearby food pantry, Dolores was by my side because she was volunteering there that very same day, and she's a great woman of faith. 
Now, during 2003, Raoul's sister, Linda, was unfortunately diagnosed with cancer of the lymph nodes, and she chose not to do chemotherapy. She was also a practicing Catholic, but unfortunately her priest was not willing to pray for her to receive healing, or simply didn't believe the Lord could move in that regard today. Now, in a moment of desperation, Linda actually confided in her brother Rao that she wanted to visit a curandero for healing because she was simply desperate to be healed. Now, in the Hispanic culture, a curandero is a shaman or native healer, effectively a witch doctor. They dedicate their lives to mental, emotional, and physical healing. In fact, they're known to use Catholic prayers, holy water, herbs, and even the pictures of dead saints as a source for their healing. The trouble is, friend, these doctors are not saved people. They're not operating under the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you try to operate outside of Christ's jurisdiction for healing, then you're in Satan's playground by default. So after Linda spoke with Raoul about this, he was understandably alarmed by her intentions. And that's when he told Dolores about her predicament. So Dolores called me early in December of that year one evening, and we visited Linda's house shortly thereafter. I entered the room that evening, and Linda was so sick, they had placed a bed in the middle of the living room so she could have access to the bathroom without having to walk upstairs. To be honest, she was a stranger to me, and the first thing I did was build some rapport so she could get accustomed to me, and trust started building after we chatted for a while. So after we spent a few minutes getting acquainted, I started to share some scriptures with her. Friend, I opened up the word of God to Linda so she could see for herself what it said. This is so important because faith comes by hearing, as you know. I read her Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Go into all the world, said Jesus, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I let her know that we were all believers present that day, and when we laid hands on her, the power of God would be present to heal her, as the scripture makes clear. I emphasize that it says they shall recover, not might recover, but shall recover. I could see her heart was encouraged, but I then revealed to her that unforgiveness is a thief that can hinder the reception of God's healing power and reminded her what Jesus said in Mark 11:25, that when we stand praying, we should forgive. Let's read it now. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if we do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. I asked Linda if she had anyone to forgive, and she did. She confessed them openly without any hesitation and cried for a while, releasing some of her pent-up emotions. After that, I then led her to James chapter 5. Now let's read that together. Verses 14 through 17. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Friend, an elder is someone who simply knows the Word of God and is willing to apply it by faith for a person to be healed. It's not an official ministerial role of the fivefold ministry. And although I was 29 years old at the time, I was acting as an elder along with Dolores. 
Friend, age has nothing to do with being an elder. It merely labels someone who has working knowledge of God's word and is willing to put it into practice. So Linda had finally confessed her sins, and it was time to speak to the obstacle in her life, which was cancer in her case. Dolores laid hands on Linda's head, and we both commanded the cancer to wither and die in Jesus' name, anointing her with oil also. Now this type of cancer had progressed to the blood supply because it was in the lymph nodes, and to be honest, the situation looked dire for Linda because few people ever recover from cancer that has progressed that far. Hence the reason for Linda being bedridden in her own living room. Friend, tears were shed that day, and we left, believing that God had healed Dolores' sister-in-law. Now, during that time, I had run into some minor visa difficulties, and I was unable to return to the UK for my Christmas break that year. To be honest, I was a bit bummed out because I couldn't return to my family for the holidays. Well, on Christmas Day, my friend Dolores called me with the good news. Linda had visited her physician just hours earlier and reported that there was no trace of cancer in her body whatsoever. I'll say that again, no trace of cancer whatsoever. For me, it was a wonderful Christmas present, knowing that we had done a service for God and Linda's family would still have a mother for her children and go on for many days in good health as she continues strong to this day. Friend, neither me nor Dolores are special. We simply applied God's word over the situation, and God's power showed up. Now, in another example, Dolores's aunt, Alice, was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer in 2004. She did opt for chemotherapy, and on the day we visited her home, you could tell she was struggling with the treatments. As anyone knows of chemotherapy, it has numerous side effects. The doctors do their best to kill the cancer cells, but unfortunately, one of the side effects is killing the good cells as well. Anyway, friend, we repeated the same prayer, having confidence that the Lord could heal Aunt Alice as he did Linda. We shared the same healing scriptures with her to raise her faith. We asked her if there was any unforgiveness issues that needed to be addressed. And after doing so, we then commanded the cancer to wither and die in Jesus' name. We didn't ask God to heal her. We didn't ask God to heal her because we knew in his word he'd promised healing. In 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53, Psalm 103, and Matthew 8.17, we simply stood on the covenant promise of healing and commanded the obstacle that was in Alice's way, which was cancer, to leave her immediately. Friend, this lady was a nominal Catholic, but within days of our prayers, her hair started to grow back, and we knew she was healed by the stripes of Jesus. Sure enough, when she went in for another test, the doctors noticed the cancer had dissipated, and she made a strong recovery. She's alive, well, and thriving still to this day. Now, because Alice knew that Jesus healed her and not the Virgin Mary, she became born again by God's Spirit and made a decision to enter the kingdom of God soon thereafter. Friend, let me tell you, there is no greater sense of satisfaction than knowing you've been used by God to assist another person in victory over something as serious as a terminal disease. These people are alive today still because of God's healing power and because we were willing and obedient to take God at His word regarding healing. And finally, let me add another brief testimony in 2010. Sophie, who is Dolores' granddaughter, was born with an artery disconnected from her lungs and she could not breathe properly since her birth. The surgeons proceeded to operate on little Sophie when she was a very small child and due to what transpired in the operating theater, she was left with a small hole in her heart. In fact, she was only six weeks old at the time. 
Needless to say, Dolores was quite worried about this, and I can understand that. But I reminded her that God had healed several people in our midst in the previous years, and he could do it again. Friend, in this case, we simply prayed the prayer of agreement because Sophie was in hospital at the time and inaccessible to us. Let me read the passage we stood on for you right now. That's Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20, and Jesus is speaking. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Friend, as I've said in past broadcasts, the power of binding and loosing is on earth, not in heaven. We agreed that Sophie was healed by the precious blood of Jesus, and we commanded the whole inner heart to fill up in Jesus' name. Dolores and I agreed in prayer that it was so, and we knew that God would honor his word. Sure enough, friend, when Sophie went in for her next routine checkup with a pediatrician, there was no evidence of a hole in her heart any longer. Praise God. Friend, I have seen the Lord heal many times down the years, and no one's going to tell me that God is not still in the healing business, no matter how many books are written about it. If you would only agree with God's word yourself and practice your faith when you're called upon, you too will see God move mightily in the areas of healing and anywhere else for that matter. Friend, these are not cute little anecdotes to sit by the warm fire sipping cocoa. These are exact, actual accounts of healing. And they can be the same in your life too. Please shoot me an email. Tell me about when God healed you or friends in your life or family members. I would love to hear about it. I challenge you today to step out in faith, friend. You won't be disappointed. Take courage. Get out of the boat, friend, and you will see God move. Until tomorrow, good night, God bless, and remember to spread the good news. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.